Do you work for the Catholic Church? Do you feel like there is confusion or lack of transparency? Are you questioning if your personal values do not align with your employer? Been there? Done that. This is the podcast for you. Welcome to Serious Catholic Leadership, the place where you can come for clear answers and straightforward advice on all topics related to working for the Catholic Church. No fluff stuff. We are your hosts, Zach Morgan and Tom Timmons, and today we're going to discuss the topic of transparency. Transparency has an important correlation with the culture of a work environment. How transparent the institution is with the employee and the employee is with the institution directly contributes to an environment conducive to both getting their best work done. This starts first and foremost with the interview process. Wouldn't you agree, Tom? That's right. So the interview and hiring process is so important uh, uh, from the employee. Uh, it's a, you know, a prospective employee. It's, a, it's so important for um, uh, to do your homework, right? To mm -hmm. really understand, study the organization, the church, um, dig into, you know, why, why is this job even in existence? Uh, and to really, you know, just, just try to find out like maybe where some of the gaps might be with your qualifications and the prospective job, you know, there, there really never is a hundred percent, uh, fit for, for the job that you're applying for. Um, you know, sometimes you're overqualified, underqualified, um, there's usually a learning curve, but it's so important to really do your homework, understand the job, uh, that you're applying for and, and be honest in, in that interview process. Absolutely. And employers, it's just as important for them to do the homework as well. You know, candidates are sending you a resume for a reason. So look at them, look at their credentials, call the people who they provided to advocate for them. Um, and realize, like Tom said, a candidate may not check every box, but some of those boxes may be things they can learn or excel in if given the chance to grow into that position. So you're going to have the things that are really important on the top of that list that you really need an employee to excel in. And then at the bottom of that list, you're going to have stuff that's important, but not as important. And you don't want to pass up employees or potential new hires who can do the important things really well, but might need a little bit of extra help at the end. Mm -hmm. Look at the, do they click all 10 out of 10? No, but if they click nine out of 10 versus somebody else who clicks 10 out of 10, but has a better strength in one of the most important aspects, that might be the right employee. And you're not going to know it unless you really do your homework and expect to spend as much time in investing in the employee as you're expecting them to give you in the time that they give to fill out their resume and go through your um, interview process. Right. Yeah. And it, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, no one's going to fit the job perfectly as the employer. Uh, it should be expected that you're going to, to train that employee. Um, but, you know, good questions to ask in that interview process, just real practically uh, is, Hey, why, why did the last, like, why does this p position exist? Why did the last person leave? Uh, probably some of the better people to ask that question of is, 
maybe some staff, not, not the management, not the pastor, but some staff, oh, you know, hey, <laughs> who was in this position before? Um, why did they leave? And if they can disclose that information, that's going to help you really figure out if this is a job that you want. Now, unfortunately, um, I think a lot of times when you're in the interview process, you're a little bit desperate. So you're a little bit less concerned with, uh, you know, transparency, why last person left. Um, but I think if you can even just have a little bit of pickiness when you, when you jump into that process, if you're applying for maybe uh, a few different open positions, it's going to help you in the long run. Um, because just getting a job out of sheer need and financial, uh, reasons more than likely probably isn't going to end well for you or your employer. Well, and I think that there's a temptation because there is that need that exists in kind of overselling, overselling ourselves and overselling it. But that des that, de that desperate feeling, I think exists on both sides of the table. You're desperate because you need that income. They're desperate to fill a position because now they're short staffed. They don't have somebody doing a critical role. Right. Um, so they want to kind of, they can oversell themselves as well. So I think that there is that, there's that temptation on both sides of the fence to maybe oversell either the role or the environment of the role or the, or an individual overselling themselves um, to make themselves seem like the best candidate. Right. And that type of honesty um, where you sit back and you really put into check is, am I right for this job? And as an employee, I, uh, on the employer side, I can say, like, you, you hear people all the time, this is the best place to work. We have the greatest work environment. This, this place, you know, we, we are, you're not going to have any problem getting your work done here because everybody here is so friendly and so mm. kind and inviting. Um, and what happens is, is they so oversell the culture of the workplace that they don't realize that what some people understand as a healthy work environment or culture um, may be difficult for others. Because when some people hear, oh, we're warm, we're inviting, everybody here is so friendly, everybody becomes just like friends. Everybody... Some people hear, okay, so people around here spend a lot of time talking. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get interrupted all the time. Some people are not that outgoing. They're a little bit more reserved. And in this attempt to kind of promote what this ideal work environment is, they oversell it to the point that they may they may also scare the person coming in saying, well, what if my personality doesn't already match that? What if I detract from this perfect environment that mm -hmm. they've created? Um, and it really doesn't give room for the individual coming in. Basically, you're right. saying this is what we have. And if you don't assimilate really quickly, you're going to be miserable. Right. All in an attempt to try to impress them. And it kind of backfires. Yep. Yep. And, and with overselling is overcommitting, uh, you know, uh, yeah. even if you are qualified, uh, you know, just, you know, to just give that impression, like you're willing to drop everything, whatever the task is at hand, um, you're just going to drop it all. The employer is number one. Um, a, it's a problem to say that B it's even more of a problem to do it because again, you don't have, uh, your priorities straight, which we've talked about in the past. So, um, Overselling, overcommitting are, are issues on both the perspective and employee 
and employer um, on both sides. So it's good to be as transparent as possible in that interview process right out of the gate um, and, uh, and, and really try to also align your, your mission. I think your personal, especially with, within the church, you know, we all have, if you're working in the church, you've got a great desire to, to serve, hopefully, and you're not there for just a paycheck because you love, uh, you love the, the church, you love promoting Christ's mission in the church. Um, so really aligning your own mission with the organization's mission is key because now it's not, you know, it's not it's not just the nine to five clock in clock out for the paycheck. It's, Hey, I believe in this work and I want to do this work. Um, and that's going to help productivity. That's going to help accomplish the organization's goals. Um, and if you don't, you know, if you, I've, I've worked with many people who are not Catholic, uh, who don't necessarily share the same mission. Um, and it always puzzled me why organizations would even hire them, you know, like, why, why are we hiring these people that literally don't, um, and sometimes it's just out of need. It's like, well, they can push that button. And so, but what does that do to the overall culture? So, uh, I think, I think employers, Catholic employers should be picky. Um, if, if they can be to hire the right people to keep that, keep that organization, um, mission centered, mission focused, uh, so that you can really thrive in the best way possible. Absolutely. And, and I think that one of the ways that an employee or a potential employee can really determine during that interview, if this organization really does have it all together is to ask for them to define, like, what is your mission? You know, I, I took a job one time where the board of directors, um, four of the guys from the board and I were meeting with an outside consultant. And the outside consultant asked a really simple question. He said, you know, what's the, what is the mission statement of, of your organization? And I kind of felt quiet because I wanted them to answer, and they gave four very different answers. Hmm. And that outside consultant's response was, hey, guys, this this isn't good. Like, you should be able to as board members on this, on with this organization, you should be able to define your mission. It's the same thing whenever you're interviewing for a job. If they can't define the mission, their mission statement as a parish or organization, that should be a big red flag that how well are they going to do at all the other stuff um, supporting you in that role? Uh -huh. Do they, how well defined are their processes, are their procedures? Um, and all of those things, processes and procedures seem like tedious things, and they are. And some of us really love tedious things, and I'm one of those people, because those tedious things allow for transparency, ultimately. Right. So once you've interviewed through and you've decided, hey, this is a place for me, they understand their mission, they understand how the mission applies to my role, and they're going to bring me on. Um, you know, I always tell organizations hire fast, promote faster, and terminate the fastest. Um, and right. what that means is for me in this talk, that hire fast part is important because interview fatigue is a very real thing. And it's not an employee problem. It's not an interview uh, interviewee's problem. It is an institutional problem. If you have an interview process that takes months, it has people commit all this time in, um, that, that is an issue. You need to be able to go through, take the information that's given, have an interview or two, 
And if you have that feeling, this is the right person, hire them. Don't waste everybody's time by making sure there's not a perfect candidate. Because when you start looking for the perfect candidate, check all the boxes instead of the right one's best. Yeah. It draws out the process and you end up losing good people. Right. Good people fall through the cracks of that type of a program because they're tired of waiting around. Right. So one of the things that we can do is have a process for interview that is efficient and succinct and effective by having good people on an interview committee together, working together in a defined process. Right. And then once we have a, a job offer for that person, we begin the onboarding process. And for most parishes, I know their onboarding process is, okay, here's your start date and come in and we'll figure things out. You know, it's, we'll, we'll show you around, does your organization have a defined onboarding and offboarding process and procedures? Right. If they don't, that's a problem. You need to define them. Yeah. This goes beyond ensuring that a person is properly trained for a new position because it gives opportunity for a new employee to truly understand the entire scope of work perform throughout the whole organization. This becomes a conversation that you start with the employee that says, here's your role, but here's the whole of what we do. Here's how your role fits in that whole. But at the end of the day, we're able to produce this whole thing because of your, your spot. Right. Your work contributes to the whole. So you get to now really celebrate the achievements of the organization and you get to really feel the sting of when they fail and how to better yourself to make sure that doesn't happen more. Right. You become invested in that process because you understand not just your little job and who to go to if you have a question, but you really understand the mission of the entire and how your part supports that. Yeah. And I think with on with onboarding, uh, you know, not only is it in, entirely important to understand the whole organization and the entire uh, operation, how it works, which is so vital. But um, even getting into like the the kind of nitty gritty of your, of your particular role is very important. Look, you're coming from either, you're coming from college, you're coming from a, another organization, another church. The way they did things was a little bit different than the way this organization does things. Software is different. Um, so giving that proper training for that role, uh, going through, you know, again, maybe it's, maybe it's a brand new role and it's not entirely defined. Maybe it's, you're replacing somebody, um, but proper, giving them that proper training, allowing them to ask questions along the way. I mean, usually there's right. There's a several month period of what do they call it? Probation where it's yeah. six month probation, you know, that whole period, it should be a learning process for the employee. It should be an educational process for the employer. Um, and really just giving them, you know, giving them the tools they need to succeed and making sure they're capable of not only doing the job, but giving them the necessary uh, training and resources to use the tools that you've provided for them. And I've, I've had that, you know, um, experience myself where, you know, brought on and I'm learning, you know, with a development background, we've got different CRMs, you know, Razor's Edge, all these, you know, uh, different programs that help, uh, you know, organize data for um, donors to an organization. And they're all different, you know, and, and I've come on organizations and it's like, here you go, you know, help us raise money. And I'm like, I don't even know how to open up the pro, like, you know, can you just help yeah. me understand how to run a simple report to, you know, figure out who your best donors are. Um, 
and they're you know it was like begging like pulling teeth to try to try to get training uh so it's so critical uh i think and some and so often overlooked because it's sort of like the organization feels oh we filled the void we can keep on moving no it's it's investing now the time now that you filled the void invest the time to take it to where you left off uh or maybe beyond where you left off if if the previous employee didn't work out for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, and, and keeping in mind too, that once you've got employee on and you have them fully trained, you know, the, our, the church environment, the nonprofit world environment, for the most part, for most of us, it is small offices that are working together. Um, and so when you bring someone on and you say, here's your starting salary, Here's, here's how you'll get your raises. Here's how, you know, all that's exciting. But, and that's that what, when I say hire fast, promote faster, sometimes that becomes difficult and promote faster can also be give raves faster. Like within that first six months at the end of that probationary period, give them their first raise and then set up a schedule every year after that to show as a, as an employer, you're committed to the well-being of that employee. And have it defined so they don't have to crawl to you every time that they need a little bit more money. Right. Um, this last year, we saw one of the biggest hikes in um, uh, oh inflation. So sorry, thank you. Yeah. Inflation that we've seen in a long time. So everything's going to be more expensive this year. Be intuitive enough to see that and go to your employees and say your grocery bills are are up by thirty percent, and we know that um, here our taxes are going to be raised. And we know that we're going to give everybody a raise this year. Don't make people grovel for them. Uh -huh. So that's promote fast. But that terminate faster at the end of that, during that probationary period, it really is a time of exploration. Is this the right candidate? You're not going to figure out if it's the perfect candidate during the interview, but you'll find out during those first few months. And if it's not working out, be honest, both sides and start the search for another candidate. Yep. But don't, don't think that your interview process is going to be so perfect that you're going to have to accept the outcome of it on either side. Because now you've got people who are so invested their time in to take in the three-month process to get the job. Well, I'm not just going to give it up three months in. It took me three months to get it. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with the parish. We went three months without this. We can't wait another three months to get somebody. Hmm. So if they're not working out, be honest about it and take and go your separate ways. Yeah. Um, and when you're thinking about your onboarding and offboarding processes, once you have an employee on and you're going through Part of that onboarding is explaining to them when those raises and things are. But also, you, do you have a defined system for bringing on new employees and training them for the role itself? Right. If you don't, develop one. Am I equipping them with the resources necessary to excel at the role? Or am I expecting them to provide their own experiences like you just talked about? If, if I'm using a CR, if, I, if we've decided to use Salesforce and you're used to Razor's Edge, there's got to be, and there's parish specific ones too, right. uh, parish soft. And if you're used to using Salesforce and you go into you sale, uh, parish soft, there is going to need to be a time of adjustment and education. And those organizations will typically provide it, but you have to know as the employer hiring for it, saying, this is what we're using, that you can tell that employee when you bring them on and here's the resource we're going to give you to get you brought up to speed on the one that we use. Right. Um, and do you, you know, and never, Never go into a job or hire someone with the expectation that they are expected to fundraise for their whole position. Right.
It, it's this is in direct opposition with transparency because a donor wants to contribute to a project, not to administrative cost. That's right. And if you cannot afford to cover your administrative costs by your existing income, that is a good indication that you're likely not actually producing. And if you're not producing on a basic enough level to afford your own staff, people are going to understand that. And, and a change of staff is not going to change it. Mm -hmm. Bringing on somebody, well, if we bring on this person, they fundraise for the position, all of our problems are solved. Because it's not. Because when they go before your donors and are like, well, what are you going to use this money for? Well, we need 100 grand and 40,000 of it is my, my salary. Right. That, that is not compelling to a, uh, in, to a donor to say, oh, this is a really robust company that I'm excited to see what they bring out. Right. They can't even pay their employees. Right. And, and to a degree, what you're doing is you're shooting your employee in the foot. You're, you're getting them started off with a deficiency and then getting mad at them when they don't cross the finish line or cross slower than you expected. Right. You need to look out for them first. Make sure that you have everything set to be able to afford the position before you even go forward with it. Yeah, I mean, um, exactly. So I've, I've often said to staff that I've had in the past, um, you know, working for nonprofit, look, this nonprofit doesn't exist to pay your salary. That's not, right. that's, that's obviously you need a salary and we need to pay you and compensate you well, but that's not why we exist. And if a nonprofit or a church finds out that its whole existence and its whole income is literally just to pay salaries, yep. well, then they've lost focus of their mission. Um, and it's, yeah. and they're not, no, you know, in, in, a, in a real sense, they're not, they're no longer a nonprofit, they're a for-profit. Yep. Uh, when, when that's their primary goal is just, hey, we need to pay this salary. So, um, you know, and even just going back and, and talking about, you know, you know, my world of being a fundraiser, uh, yeah. yeah, hey, you fundraise for your own, you know, I've, I've come across that in the past. Um, and it's not even, you know, speaking of fundraising, like ethics, it's not even ethical, you know, right. to, to, to do that. Uh, it's, you know, it's really, um, you know, because then you're, sep you're separating why you're raising the money, you're, uh, you're pressurizing, you know, like if as a fundraiser, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pressure your, my, you know, your, your donors to give more money. Cause yeah. I know at the end of the day, some of that's coming to me. Um, and that, that's the not squeeze donors on. properly either. So yeah, the whole, the whole, uh, transparency, the whole hire fast, um, promote faster. And, and, and just to go touch on again, uh, you know, Terminator fire the fastest. Like, why, why would that be? Why do you think that's the most important uh, in terms of action on the part of the employer? Like, let's get rid of them. Get rid of them now. Well, it, it if you, they're contributing to a culture, if if they are doing that poorly in their role, the contribution to the culture is one of frustration. You can start to see when an employee starts to shut down. Mentally, they start shutting down before you start seeing the effects of it in their work. So when you start seeing the effects of it in their work, that they're frustrated, that they're griping to their fellow employees, that they're, that they're not happy in their work, mentally, they've checked out way before this. 
So you've got someone who's just going through the, the motions and is likely just looking for something else to fill the time. Or like I said, you've, you've created such a process through the interview that they've got so much uh, devoted and invested in this process that they don't want to give up as soon as they start, but they know it's not working out well. So you've created this environment where people are just going through the motions to get by to make sure they get paid until they know what they're moving on to next. Mm. In the church, we know because we're small offices that people come on and pretty much sometimes the only way to advance is to go to take a position in another organization. That's real different than what I'm talking about now. What I'm talking about is making sure that our processes and procedures, like how we interview and our onboarding, are robust enough that we get people in quickly, train quickly and doing their job, and then evaluate thoroughly. And that evaluate thoroughly part typically doesn't happen. Mm. We do not evaluate well. And during that evaluation, we find out if it's really working or not. Probationary period isn't doesn't simply mean we don't have to pay you benefits yet, and we don't have to give you your full pay yet, and you st we can still change your um, change your job description. No, that that's not it. It's a, we brought you on because we know you can do the job. We're going to make sure you can do it. And at, during that probationary period, we're going to have meetings. We're going to talk. How are you doing? Where are you struggling? Most people get brought on. And the first time, some of them go years and never even have an employee review. But some of them, they wait till it, for an annual review. So how do you know if they're, being, if, they're, if they're being efficacious in their work? You have to be able to see the fruit. But that means you have to be paying attention. So do you have systems set up that you're actually paying attention to the product that your employees are, are producing? And in nonprofits, the answer to that a, a lot of times is no. Right. So how, how do you – what are some practical kind of suggestions and solutions to all of this? First and foremost, the biggest way that we can be transparent is by giving attention to the nitty-gritty, really boring details when it comes to employment. Do you have proper employee files? Do you have your government I-9 and your W-4s? Not having those in an employee file along with their application, their resume, a position description, copy of a signed employment contract, an acknowledgement of the receipt of like a, an employee handbook or receipt of um, job-specific or institutional-specific required documents, that's a problem. That is – not only is it insufficient insofar as you don't have all the – you don't have in-house ready at your fingertips – important information of the person you just hired. But if the IRS comes in and does an audit, that's a monetary penalty as well. And if we're supposed to be good stewards of God's of our time, treasure, and talents, like we're told all the time, that means having everything set up institutionally that we're fulfilling those obligations to the government as well. But on top of that, are you doing your reviews? Are you doing a quarterly review? Some people do biannual or annual it's not sufficient. Do a quarterly review. That is an opportunity for your staff to talk to you. That is the most important thing you'll take out of a quarterly review. Yes, you're going to go over some deficiencies they may have, but you are going to learn about what they're struggling with so that you can attend to it so that mental checkout doesn't happen. Right. And then they don't start slipping in, in what they're actually producing for yeah. you. And in doing those, and the, in doing those quarterly reviews, I feel like it's, again, going back to – proper employee files, it is so vital and so important for the employer to take 
the necessary documentation uh, about their employees, you know, as the weeks go on, you know, they just had a meeting or they, you know, somebody didn't do X, Y, Z document it, you know? So when you yeah. go to your em employee, you can say, Hey, here's, here's what we need to improve. Um, and by the way, here are the, you know, concrete examples of times yeah. when, you know, you didn't quite meet that expectation or, Hey, you've done a great job. You've really excelled. You know, this was the job description and, Hey, I, I may know, and here's where you exceeded our expectations. So, Absolutely. you know, thank you. So, so really taking note of when your employee exceeds expectations, really taking note of when they kind of fall short, because when you just say, you know, oh, sometimes you don't really get your reports in on time, you know, what does that even mean? Sometimes was that twice that happened, uh, mm -hmm. where, you know, you were out sick or is it, oh, it's it's literally a weekly problem. And, uh, you, you know, I've kind of, hopefully it doesn't even take to the quarterly review to address an issue that's ongoing like that. Um, yeah. They should be addressed, well, you know, and I feel like that's the, a real, I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but that's a real downside sure. a lot of times of the the annual review, uh, which we've talked about. It's all packed into one day, yeah. one hour. And it really is just, you know, quarterly, um, monthly is even better um but really you know do documentation uh of infractions of you know good work accomplished um so critical so not only all the uh handbooks and the signed contracts and everything else but their you know the employees productivity and what they are doing what they're not doing is so critical to to document yeah. um to if you want your your mission to thrive. Yeah, and and at Focus Parish we have a we have a sheet we call the SUFS sheet, setting up for success, and it includes it's a it's an employee evaluation sheet that when you bring someone on you start filling it out and it's a progressive document you continually add to it and it's physically put in their employee file everything on an employee should be physically put in their employee file, and what it does it lets you not just name and position who's their spouse, if they're married, when's their anniversary, how many kids do they have, what's their names, what's their birthdays, because those things matter to an individual. And when you can give specialized treatment to them, they come in and be like, oh, happy anniversary today. I matter. That's what it says to the employee. I matter. And it's simple as having the information readily accessible. But then at the bottom, it's got places, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and it proceeds every year after where you talk about first their successes and then where they can work better. Even the military takes this approach. Talk about what we just did well first. Get everybody in the right mood to really discuss what we need to moving forward by telling them what a good job they are doing at the things they're excelling at. And then go over where those deficiencies might be. Um, and... But if you, and it's a simple sheet, it's a free download. I mean, it's, but it, a lot of places don't have a, um, a centralized document that anybody can add to who has any type of management authority over a staff. So it's not just for father, it's not just for your CEO or your COO or your CFO, it's for all, all and so that they can look into it and be like, oh, I think their birthday's coming up. Let me double check. Right. Because what, at the end of the day, what's a $15 Starbucks gift card because it's your birthday? If that doesn't matter, it's the remembering part. And it's a, it's it's attaching that to a physical thing that you are that you are giving me a bonus or or whatever. Right. So 
those things are important. But if you don't have a way to keep track of them, then you're going to do a poor job keeping track of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you mentioned uh, uh, with Focus Parish, it's a free day. Can, can we put that on our podcast site to download or? Absolutely. So yeah. uh, go to Sirius FM or uh, SiriusCatholicLeadership.com and you'll be able to find a link to that um, important free download that Zach had mentioned. So, you know, again, being um, transparent uh, as an employee, as an employee, or I'm sorry, employee or prospective employee, asking those tough questions up front in the interview process. Um, again, trying to just, just, just be honest. You know, I think um, a lot of times, you know, we've, we have lives outside of our work um, and home, home life, life in general is complicated. It comes with a lot of ups and downs. So if you're going through something, if the, you know, something's not right at home, Again, we don't need to give every little detail of the home life, but being honest and transparent uh, about what's going on at home is going to make you as an employee more real and, and, and it, it's going to validate you as, you know, a, a person who really cares about uh, your own life and therefore, mm -hmm. you know, the overall mission of, uh, of Christ. So really in closing, why is transparency so important? Well, it's, it's really a visible sign of an organization's ability to truly collaborate with their employees. And in the catechism, paragraph uh, 378, it states, work is not a burden. It is the collaboration of man and woman with God in perfecting the visible creation. So really by adopting and promoting a work culture that promotes transparency, our Catholic organizations can excel in their mission to advance the kingdom of God here on earth while simultaneously dignifying their employees at their work. And at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're all about. So that's where we'll leave it today. Thanks again for joining us on Serious Catholic Leadership. Follow us at Sirius.fm or SiriusCatholicLeadership.com. Support us on Patreon. Thanks again so much. See you next time. God bless.